0: Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1016. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Keels and Wheels Concorde d'Elegance that takes place on May 5th and 6th at the beautiful Lakewood Yacht Club in Seabrook, Texas. You can learn more about attending this spectacular event at keels-wheels.com.
1: Take educated risks. Enjoy life. You only live
0: once. Hey, Brandon, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready and excited. All right, here we go. Brandon Mason is the operation manager and sales specialist for Driver Source. He is also the assistant chief judge and a board member of the Keels and Wheels Concorde Elegance. Driver Source, Fine Motor Cars of Houston, Texas, has been focused on pursuing and preserving fine automobiles and motorcycles since 2005, and they're a leading specialist in the classic collector market. They offer a unique concept of sales, service, storage, and detailing that is tailor-made for the enthusiast automotive lifestyle. They have an emphasis on fine sports cars and carry an inventory of spectacular vehicles for sale in their secure, high-secure, climate-controlled environment. So, Brandon, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, to share a little bit more about your business and a very obvious passion for automobiles?
1: Well, thanks, Mark, for having
0: me. Um... Yeah, like you said, I'm a I'm a lifelong
1: car nut. I'm the operations manager and sales specialist here at Driver Stores. As you briefly mentioned before, we do specialize in mainly focus on post-war European sports cars. That kind of puts us about 1950 to modern classics of the new millennium. In our sales department, we uh, purchase from and sell to literally all across the globe. While our service department offers us. Special expertise in rare and exotic European makes, including performance upgrades and race cars. They can do small repairs to you name it. And then that brings us to our vault, which is the vault at Driver Source. It's uh, almost 40,000 square feet of automotive storage. It was, uh, we built it specifically to house cars in our high security com- climate controlled environment where guys can they either don't have the garage space or Houston's a second home. There's many options that can, that can occur, but basically they can call us and let us know. I'll be there next Tuesday to pick up my whatever Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have it out and ready for them to to take it out and enjoy it. And then they can bring it right back to us. Very and nice. yeah. And, and and it's beneficial that we have all these departments under one roof because we do maintain these cars as well. So if there is a an issue, uh, you, you have your, brakes are leaking or your tire's gone flat, we can handle that, make it turnkey, ready to go so you can pick it up and be on your way.
0: Sounds like a fantastic resource for enthusiasts, and I love the fact that you're so diverse in all the services that you provide for people who uh, love cars like you and me. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a great way to get those Inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So Brandon, take the wheel.
1: Well this is something I've I've always lived by, but even more as I've gotten older. It's nothing ventured, nothing gained. Take educated risks. Enjoy life. You only live once. You don't want to look back years and years from now and have a list of should have. I should have done this. I should have done that. Enjoy life. I mean like I said, take educated risks, but jump out and uh, and step off the ledge.
0: You know, I love that whole concepts and especially you You hit something that hit with me and the should haves You don't want to have any should Uh I grew up in Southern California. I love to surf. And after I got married, my next door neighbor kind of got me back into surfing after I'd taken a little break. And I'll never forget one day we were out and it was a little bit of a big day. I was a little bit intimidated because I hadn't been out in a while. And I started to take off on a wave and I stopped and I turned around. He goes, why didn't you take that wave? And I said, well, I should have. And I'll never forget what he said. (laughs) Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Words of a loser. (laughs) And it really stuck in my head. Yeah, Yeah, you should not have any shoulda, woulda, couldas. Take chances. Go out there and do things. Fear. Try to fail once in a while, you know, because that means you're trying something new. So I love that, Brandon. Great inspiration. Would you share a story with us that? Really, kind of ties your passion to cars all together. Go back in time and think about that pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy.
1: It's so hard. I mean, I, I literally think I was I was born a car guy. Always been naturally drawn to cars or, or anything with wheels, whether it been matchbox, micro machines, slot cars, power wheels, model car kits, RC cars. I mean, the list goes on. I always was into cars, and and, and I was that kid that would cut out. Any car I would see in a magazine and paste them on the wall. I mean, and literally <laughs> yeah. until I was, until I was 18, my walls in my bedroom were covered from floor to ceiling and cars. It had gotten to that point.
0: <laughs> Great. So,
1: so I, I, yeah, I don't know if I can pinpoint it, but it's 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 always been in the in my blood, just naturally.
0: Yeah, your room sounds like mine. And my dad made a huge <laughs> bulletin board for me with this kind of corkboard background, and yeah, I was just constantly cutting out pictures of cars and putting them up there and posters of cars. And yeah, uh, I understand I've got the same affliction. Mm -hmm. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've traveled down, talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way. And the important part of these things have to do with the lessons they teach us. And we can share these with others. So if they're going through the same thing, they can uh, maybe glean some experience from what you went through. So walk us through one of yours and tell us how that helped you gain even more momentum in your life moving forward.
1: Fortunately, I've never been faced with any huge failures, but rather challenges, many challenges along the way, and especially in this industry. 2014 was an absolute crazy year for collector car market. I'm I'm sure you remember. I mean, literally certain makes or models would be worth 20% more each month as it went. And it got to a point, the rapid expansion just kept blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. And then, it kind of transition into the next year when things started slowing down, some of the old timers just saw that as just got very nervous, and all they could think of was was looming in their minds about the late '80s and about the crash, oh, the Ferrari crash, the Corvette crash of the late '80s. Our cars are going to be worthless, this and that. But in reality, I mean, the market's leveled off, although less than they were that year, they're, they're still at a much higher and much steadier than they have in years past. Blue chip cars, uh, they continue to bring uh, blue chip prices. But you have to always adapt and evolve. And that's with any business. You you can't do the same thing over and over and and expect uh, different results. You have to, for example, there's buyers are much more fastidious and educated on exactly what they want nowadays. There, there's so many more uh, younger collectors entering the market, aside from the the, the old casual hobbyists of, of yesteryear. And, and for example, in our business, we sell everything from barn finds all the way up to concourse queens. And, and nowadays, we really make sure that Every car that leaves our facility is better than when it arrived, whether it be cosmetic, mechanical, or just documenting its important history from new, or all of the above. We, we truly make sure that, that every single car is better than when it arrived. And, and that's we've focused on more and more and more, and we've kind of grown that over the years, and, and it really is important to us.
0: You know, my takeaway from this story has to do a little bit with musical chairs. When the music stops, somebody eventually gets left out of the picture. And the car market, not unlike the market in general, the stock market or real estate market or any kind of investment you might make, it does have its ups and downs. It doesn't continue to rise at rapid pace, especially like you said as we were going through 12, 13, 14, and then all of a sudden kind of the brakes came on a little bit because it just can't maintain those kinds of paces. So what's your takeaway from this and i'll tell you my takeaway is is when it comes to cars make sure you buy something you like because when the music stops you might be stuck with it for a while and you might as well be stuck with something you like instead of something you thought was just going to go up in value and of course those speculators are the ones that make it hard for us enthusiasts to buy these cars because they keep driving the darn prices up stop it so what's your takeaway from that lesson (laughs) yeah and i I, I
1: totally agree yeah, and that's it's something i've I've always believed you need to buy with your heart and not with your wallet. It's for example, like you said if, if the world market crashes tomorrow, at least you have something tangible, you can go out into your garage, you can drive it, you can stare at it, do whatever you want, admire, enjoy it, but yeah you you have to buy with your heart. I mean that's what it boils down to
0: yeah, yeah, I wish more people did that. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment, maybe a big pivot, something that uh, illuminated a new path for you. So tell us about one of yours. Well,
1: I, I think you, uh, you'll you enjoy this. So in college, I, I went to school. I got a degree in advertising design and in, uh, graphic design. Yeah, I, I did. All throughout college, I, I freelanced. I did um, built websites, brand identity, logos, marketing material just build a, up an enormous portfolio for when. So when I graduated, uh, I, I was going to be uh, a director at an ad agency and, and being fortunately in, in, in Houston and, and in Dallas are really massive uh, nationwide advertising agencies here. And so that was it. I was going to be I was going uh, to be a big ad guy. I was going to be mad men doing all that, all that needs. Uh-huh. And then after I graduated, there was a local, there was a posting from a, a local classic car dealership looking for an individual to fill a marketing position. So I went there, interviewed, and I toured the facility with uh, Jose Romero, who's the sales manager here. And I was completely blown away, not only by the cars, but by the, I had no idea that this particular niche of the industry even existed. Mm-hmm. Being a car guy, I, I grew up okay, you know there's new car dealers like this and that, but I had no idea there was this underground world to me at least growing up in Texas. this underground world of these classic cars and and from then on I was I, I completely forgot about uh, being the big wig art director and uh, I'm hooked on uh, the inside of the car industry from from there on out.
0: Well, I'm glad you found something that you're passionate about. You and I share something because I studied graphic design and advertising in college, and my first, yeah, yeah, my first eleven years was working at an ad agency, and it wasn't any bigwig agency. It was quite small when I started, but it had grown to a pretty good size after I left there. And and uh, like you, I was interested in the business side as well. So I went to my boss after six months and said, "How do I make more money?" And he said, "Well, bring in some work." <laughs> so. Two days a week, I put a suit on and I drive downtown and knock on doors. And this is before cell phones or Internet. So you had to go into a building, look at a big roster, go upstairs, get past the gal at the front desk so you could talk to somebody who would actually hire you to design something for them. Ah, that was tough work. That was tough work. But it taught me a lot about the inner workings of business versus just sitting in the office being a creative director or an art guy, if you will or an art gal so uh, but i enjoyed it it was real fun i still enjoy doing little projects it, it, and, in and those
1: are the days when when you would cut out little pieces of, of crap paper oh gosh and a symbol <laughs> and, and take a picture and that that that's graphic design
0: oh yeah cut and paste those are the tough days I, if only yeah <laughs> i tell you though we were one of the first companies in san diego to use mac se's Way back when Macintosh had the first graphic platforms to actually doing something on a computer. Now, of course, young kids would look at that and laugh at the minuscule work (laughs) we did. But it helped us land a lot of cool accounts because we could do things so much faster and better and people could see it. So, very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time and talk about your first really special car and maybe share a memory you have about that vehicle.
1: Okay, it would have to be a Mimosa Yellow 1976 Triumph TR6.
0: Mimosa Yellow.
1: I like that name. Mimosa <laughs> Yellow. Oh yeah. The ladies love it. So it was my grandfather's car. He he purchased it in nineteen eighty-one from a Canadian, the the original owner, who had just recently moved to Houston. I, I credit that car to, to truly getting me into cars. It was it was my grandparents' pride and joy. See my grandfather he was he was really big into SL Mercedes and European sports cars. But this particular Triumph, they did everything with it. Uh, Tours, vintage rallies, Concours events. He restored it twice. And then ultimately in 1988, it won the late TR6 National Championship. Wow. And yeah, he he literally had a trophy shrine to this car. Amongst all his NASA memorabilia, he had this shrine. And I always remember playing with the knickknacks. I could never get in the car. It was always undercover. Yeah. And then as I got older he started taking me onto, uh, triumph events and, and rallies. And in fact, even when I was 15, when I had my permit, he let me drive it. And I was just enamored with the car. And years later, I, I, I eventually was very privileged to inherit the car um, nice. as I was the car guy and the whole family. Yeah. So now I have it. It's, Literally the only car I will never sell. No matter what anyone offers me, I will never sell it. And, and this year, have uh, been in our family for 37 years. So well, that's, that's not going anywhere.
0: Good for you. And I was I was so hoping you would say that and not say that that would be the answer to my next question, which is the seller's <laughs> remorse question. So, yeah, hang on to that. I mean, those are cherished family memories that you'll never get back. But uh, how about a car you let go? Is there one that you wish you had back to part next to that Triumph?
1: Surprisingly, not being in the industry, I buy cars like it's like it's trading baseball cards, and and I, and I'm don't get me wrong, I'm passionate about each and every car I I go through. I make sure it's got all the books, the tools. I make them as nice as I can, and then I let them go to the next owner, and then fill it with another one. I I, I kind of have a running bucket list of cars, and I go through. I own one, enjoy it, and then on to the next one. Well, um, so, yes, surprisingly, <laughs> I, I don't have
0: any regret. Yeah. Nice. Well, let's talk about what has you excited today. Now I know a big part of this week for me is promoting the keels and wheels concourse. Uh, they've been nice enough to bring me back as a sponsor and help promote this spectacular event. So I'd love to hear a little bit from you to describe to our listeners what you like about the event, how you're involved, what makes it so special
1: yeah keels and Wheels is is such a unique concourse. It's nationally claimed as the uh, as America's largest joint classic automobile and vintage wooden boat show. So you have two concourse events going on at the same time at the same location. And it's just unbelievable. I've been involved with Keels and Wheels for a number of years. This is their twenty third year, and I've grown up as a spectator. I've exhibited, I've judged, and now I'm uh, on the board. It's going on uh, this May the 5th and 6th at Lakewood Yacht Club in Seabrook, Texas, with uh, featured marks is, such as Pierce Arrow, Ferrari, and, and this year it's a new class of supercars. So It's a great show, and there aren't many like it here, here in the area. Most folks down in the South, it's, they think of it it's muscle country. So to see these just absolutely gorgeous Talbot Lagos and Ferraris and Lamborghinis and all these exotics from all across the nation. It's literally mind-blowing for some of the individuals. And and for me, being a, a car guy, what gets me going is seeing the boat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing that looking at these boats, the time and the effort they put into the restorations, and then they put them into water. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and it, well, in fact, a lot of these boats even have Car engine, so you'll see ones with a, a Duesenberg engine or a Chrysler engine, and it, and it really is neat to, to see how they evolved, and both on land and on water. And everything, all proceeds do go to charity. We're working inching towards a two million dollars raised for charities thus far. Our, our main uh, beneficiary is today's Harbor for Children, which empower children who have faced abuse and neglect and hardships, and kind of. Helps put them back on their feet.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. There used to be an event up here in the Northwest called the Kirkland Concours, And then it moved down to the LeMay Museum. And sadly, we mm-hmm. don't have that anymore. But when it was up in Kirkland, they would have wooden boats. And I I was shocked at some of these boats. Not only they're so beautiful, but they'd open up the engine bays. You'd see Rolls-Royce engines in these things or old engines out of Delahaye's or... Uh, there was even one with a Ferrari engine in it. I mean. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. It's it's phenomenal.
0: Yeah. Just in your. I love your comment. Then they put them in water. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: that's that's, that's <laughs> And that's you the comment. If you sit there and, and listen to people talking like, I cannot believe that they're putting these things in the water. And even though they are a boat, it's just like it, it looks like a hotel lobby.
0: Yeah. It's a, a spectacular event. And I would encourage listeners. Again, you can go to their website, keels-wheels.com. Check it out. If you're going to be anywhere in the area of Seabrook, Texas, or even not in the area, get on a plane and fly down because this is a really, really different kind of environment. The way everything's laid out, cars aren't just lined up in rows. I mean, they're just spread out during this through this beautiful setting. Uh, really, really worth your time. So thanks for sharing that. And thanks for being a big part of it. I love the fact that you grew up around it. And now you're on the board and, and helping them. So that's spectacular. Well here's a very introspective question for Brandon. If you were a car, what would Brandon be and why?
1: It would have to be an early short wheel based nine eleven. I'm actually even more partial to the the earliest the Wood Dash cars. And on nine eleven, they're from the outward, they're they're very subtle and and minimalistic in appearance, yet they were just incredibly thought thoughtfully engineered and, and versatile and and reliable. And and that kind of how I I see myself. I mean, they use these cars. They're perfect. You could drive them to Sears. You could race at Sebring, or you could even safari across East Africa. They're such a versatile car. Yet, out in a parking lot, it just looks like a, a humble little sleek classic car. And and you would just you would never know the the power that they have. And
0: very nicely said. Yeah, and when you compare an early nine eleven sixty five sixty six even sixty seven to a new Porsche. I mean, the lineage is all there. It's the same car, but it's so far apart because those early cars were, you're right, so simple, uh, yet very refined as they came out of the th- the uh, 356 era of automobiles. So very nicely said. Well, Brandon, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's cars. Yeah, sponsors. Hey, this is Mark Green. You know, I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school. That was way back in 1975. This month, I'm offering you, as a Car Show listener, a very special deal. Starting April 16th, 2018 through April 30th, 2018, you'll receive 10% off all NOAA fabric custom car covers and 10% off all Wolf Ready Fit semi-custom covers. Simply use the code CARSHAP yeah, on checkout at covercraft.com. No is the most popular outdoor fabric, specially made by Kimberly Clark, to protect your special vehicle. It provides maximum protection from the harmful UV rays of the sun, rain, dust, those nasty bird droppings, snow, dings, and it's breathable, and it's very soft on your paint. Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers are an economical option and provide indoor and outdoor protection for your special car. Simply go to covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best and boom, you're set. You'll thank me later and your car will thank me too. That's covercraft.com and be sure to use the code CARSYA at checkout. That's covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream to design and build that perfect garage? Okay, Brandon, we're back and we're entering the last lap. The white flag's out. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you're ready? I'm ready. Here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, we kind of touched on it earlier, buy with
1: your heart and, and not with your wallet. That being said, you should also set a budget and buy the very best example you can find at that budget. But be realistic. You can't expect a champagne car with a beer
0: budget. Yeah, exactly. Great advice. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over the years?
1: In this industry, I I believe it's particularly important. It's practicing honesty and integrity. It's such a small world and even a smaller community. You have to take care of your customers first. The commission will follow down the road. Don't worry about that. Take care of your customers first. And I'm a buyer of cars just like they are. I always try to put myself in the shoes of the purchaser and I want them to feel comfortable in what they're buying and what they're gonna live with. I mean some of these people have been saving their entire lives to buy this particular car. And others just they want to receive what what you what you're selling them. And in this day and age we sell cars literally all over the world. And some of these really good friends and clients that we've had for years, we've never even met them in person. We're great friends with them, and they know what to expect when the car arrives. And that's something that's very important to myself and to Driver Source.
0: It's pretty simple. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The old golden rule. Absolutely. It uh, definitely applies here, especially when it comes to old cars, but pretty much everything in life. Now, how about a resource? There are lots of great resources these days. Is there one you'd like to share? These are my
1: uh, three worst automotive addictions. Bring a Trailer, Classic Driver, and Instagram. Those three will just tear up your time, but they're they're so much fun to be involved with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All great resources. Of course, uh, Randy Nonnenberg from Bring a Trailer has been a guest, early guest here on Cars, yeah. Oh, I curse him every morning when they send me that update.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Darn get it. Me all.
0: There goes another half hour of my morning. But uh, oh, it's fun. It's fun. And I love reading the comments that come through. Everybody's an expert when it comes to someone much. Everyone is bar. an expert. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Some of the things I read on there, I just get cracks me <laughs> up. Okay, whatever you say. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be?
1: I would probably have to have a a roundtable conversation with Max Hoffman and Henry Ford. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. More than just cars, both were beyond brilliant businessmen and and forever changed the automotive industry here in the U.S. I don't know with their personalities that they would actually sit down to have a conversation, but... (laughs) The guys were unbelievable. Mac with the the import and the development of, of Porsche's and, and BMWs and of course Henry Ford just revolutionized the all industry.
0: You know, that I, I love this question it's it's a fairly new question for me. I used to ask a different question, but I like I like it when people bring a couple people into the equation and just imagining what it would be like to sit with those two and listen to them talk about their industry and their philosophies. Yeah, and those those two would be quite, quite interesting. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well? I've enjoyed so many business
1: development historical books. I'm I'm a big car geek. I've got just a massive library in my office of, of car books. So it's it's hard to narrow just down to one. But for the automotive sector, you can't go wrong with any one of the many offerings published by our friends uh, Glenn and Jean Morris of, of Dalton Watson Fine Books.
0: Uh, Dalton just, Watson. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah, just an enormous resource guide for, I mean, literally any car you can think of.
0: Yeah, it's a great resource. And I've had uh, several authors who have uh, put books together that they publish there at Dalton Watson. So love that resource as well. Very nice. Well, listeners, I'll remind you, you can find all these great resources on Brandon's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Just go to com, type in Brandon Mason, and that page will pop right up. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question, well, it can be a bit of a doozy. And I'm going to make an exception because of your grandfather's triumph. You don't have to get rid of that car, but you can't have any other (laughs) collective cars in your garage. Just one, but I'm going to buy it for you today, so don't worry about the cost. I'll even pick up the insurance. What would that car be and why?
1: Well, not only are you going to have to bring your checkbook, but you're going to have to likely bring a Brinks truck. Um, Being a millennial, (laughs) in my opinion, the greatest supercar, hypercar, of our generation, the the Ferrari GTO of our generation, the McLaren F1. uh, That would be my go-to.
0: Yeah, uh, quite special car. I'll tell you a quick story. I I took my son when he was growing up to the Pebble Beach Concours and Car Week. uh, Every year for about 18 years. This coming summer will be my 27th year, something like that. I don't know. A lot of years. But uh, one year, we were standing in front of the lodge. It was a few days before the actual Concours. In fact, I think it was a Wednesday, middle of the week. And this silver McLaren F1 comes driving up with Colorado plates covered in bugs. And the guy had just driven all the way to Pebble Beach from Colorado in his McLaren F1. And I just stood there and went, I like this. Guy. I mean, he knows, <laughs> he knows how to live. And he was nice enough to let my son sit in that famous center seat because he Blake had never seen one of these cars in real life. And uh, we just talked about his journey and how much fun it was and you know, his philosophy was, uh, I may not be here tomorrow, so I don't want to save this car for the next guy. So I'm driving it. I'm enjoying.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, and they were never cheap. So yeah, that, that that just goes to show. And it reminds me of, went to the Cavalino Classic, it was a few years back, and it was just absolutely pouring down rain. And we had bought a Lancia Aurelia Spider, as well as a Maserati Indy of 5,000 GT. It was raining that morning, and we were like, there's no way that, that everyone is going to the show. And, and all the truck drivers lined up, they said, yeah, everyone's getting in their cars, they're going. So we showed up to the event, and speaking of GTO, there was a Ferrari GTO, there was Aston Martin Zagato, uh, DB Ford Zagato GT. There were, I mean, everything that you can think of out on the field, and it's absolutely pouring down rain. And one of the guys was in a an open Seattle, uh, a Ciata, and someone had asked him like don't don't you care? Your car just getting drenched, the interior. And he said and he looked at it and he looked back and he said, It's it's a car. That's that's what it was built for.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just like it was nothing. Yeah, it's it's cool. Pretty darn cool. Well, Brandon, you've taken us on a great ride today. I knew you would, and I wanna thank you for sharing your stories and sharing your journey with Cars Yeah. Would you offer us a little piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset and then McLaren F1?
1: <laughs> well, I'd like to go back in and, and remind people about keels and wheels. We have a fresh new perspective this year. We've got a lot of new classes that are kind of catering towards the, the next generation of car guys like myself. and And we also have a number of significant VIP judges and special guests, as well as cars coming from museums all across the nation. So I do recommend people check it out. At least look online, look at all of our uh, social media pages, and and see what we're all about.
0: Absolutely. And what's the best way for people to learn more about you and your business? Personally, our business at DriverSource, you can always go to
1: driversource.com. the same handle for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, driversource.com. And then keels and wheels. it's keels-wheels.com. And we also have Facebook and Instagram for that as well.
0: There you go. Well, again, listeners, if you missed any of this, if you're out driving or riding or exercising, enjoying your day while you listen to our talk here, and you get in front of a computer or a device, uh, you can check out on the Cars yes show notes page all of these connections. I'll make it really easy. Quick clicks to link to everything. And if you're going to be anywhere near Seabrook, Texas, May 5th and 6th, you got to check out the keels and wheel concord elegance and of course driversource.com another great resource for you here at cars yeah brandon thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your automotive journey with me today until you and i talk again i'll see you down the road a
1: pleasure mark thanks for having
0: me thank you you take care of your cars